0: Welcome back, my friends, once again to another episode of Red Pill News. I hope you're having a lovely day. As always, my name is Zach Payne, The Corruption Detector. Now, today we have quite the show for you. I want to begin by showing you this crazy email that I got earlier today. Based upon the content of this email, it looks like there's some type of information op going on and it's been designed to damage me and damage my show and to harass other creators. I have nothing to do with it and I'm hoping you can help me spread the word. Then we're going to be taking a look at the desperation of Liz Cheney. It looks like she is really running scared. She's pulling out all the stops and she had her father, the Emperor of the Empire, create a... A political ad denigrating president trump and praising her but i don't think it's going to work Then we'll be heading down to sunny Florida, where Ron DeSantis has basically suspended a George Soros-backed state's attorney. That person is no longer going to be practicing down here in Florida, certainly not for the government. And then I want to take you to an update on the lawsuit that Tina Peters and I discussed yesterday in my one-on-one interview. I've got all of the information, and I think it is very, very important in terms of election integrity here in America then speaking about election integrity we're going to head over to penal county arizona where that elections director that gave us the disastrous performance on this past super tuesday has suddenly resigned because he did such a bad job and then finally we'll be rounding it out by heading to congress where today christopher ray was testifying before the senate judiciary committee he says they are aggressively pursuing a hunter biden laptop investigation really chris I'm not going to hold my breath, but I think it's well worth watching a couple of clips. And then I also have, finally, a special video from J.R. Majewski and a supporter of both his and mine. So do me a favor, sit back, relax, grab your popcorn, and we're going to be right back after this.
1: In our nation's 246-year history, there has never been an individual who is a greater threat to our republic than Donald Trump. He tried to steal the last election using lies and violence to keep himself in power after the voters had rejected him. He is a coward. A real man wouldn't lie to his supporters. He lost his election, and he lost big. I know it, he knows it, and deep down, I think most Republicans know it. Lynn and I are so proud of Liz for standing up for the truth doing what's right, honoring her oath to the Constitution, when so many in our party are too scared to do so. Liz is fearless. She never backs down from the fight. There is nothing more important she will ever do than lead the effort to make sure Donald Trump is never again near the Oval Office. And she will succeed. I am Dick Cheney. I proudly voted for my daughter. I hope you will, too. I'm Liz Cheney, and I approve this message. In our nation's 246-year history, there has never been an individual who is a greater threat to our republic than Donald Trump. He tried to steal the last election using lies and violence to keep himself in power after the voters had rejected him. He is a coward. A real man wouldn't lie to his supporters. He lost his election, and he lost big. I know it, he knows it, and deep down, I think most Republicans know it. Lynn and I are so proud of Liz for standing up for the truth. Doing what's right, honoring her oath to the Constitution, and so many in our party are too scared to do so. Liz is fearless. She never backs down from the fight. There is nothing more important she will ever do than lead the effort to make sure Donald Trump is never again near the Oval Office, and she will succeed. I am Dick Cheney. And I proudly voted for my daughter. I hope you will too. I'm Liz Cheney, and I approve this message. I'm looking forward to completing your treaty. in time you will
0: call me master. All right, so hold on, let me get this straight. Dick Cheney would have us believe that Donald Trump is the liar, that Donald Trump did everything that he could illegally to remain in power, that Donald Trump lied to his supporters. While his daughter, Liz Cheney, who he's stumping for, is currently sitting on the unselect committee for January 6th, a literal show trial committee that will accept nothing less than full confession so that they can be paraded out and used as propaganda for the deep state cabal that is the true liars in this situation. And don't forget Who Dick Cheney truly is. So who is the liar in this situation? I'm sure you all remember Dick Cheney was literally one of the biggest champions of the weapons of mass destruction lie. The same lie that led to the murder of tens of thousands of Iraqi citizens and the invasion of a country and the destabilizing of the entire region. Dick Cheney was also the major proponent of the torture doctrine that he and the Bush administration pursued throughout the entirety of Bush's two terms in office. But no, it was actually Donald Trump who was the liar. In this instance, I think it's quite clear that Dick Cheney and Liz Cheney are the liars. Now, let's go ahead and take a look at that email I wanted you to know about. So here it is. I got this email through my website earlier today. And it names someone who I've never seen before, either in my chat or on comments on my videos. So if this is you, I'm hoping that you're listening. But they say that someone named Combat Vet 1776 is in the Rumble Chat Daily on the Dilly Show, posting and telling people to watch my show and calling everyone in the chat faggots. (laughs) It's been going on forever, and it really looks bad on you. So let me just repeat that. I've never heard of Combat Vet 1776. I've never told Combat Vet 1776 to head over to Dilly's chat and troll them, telling people to watch my show. I've never told anyone to ever go to anybody else's show and try to use this type of, uh, I guess, tactic to have people come over and watch my channel. I've never told anybody in any fashion to go to anybody's show and do anything even remotely like this. So the fact that this is happening is pretty disturbing to me. He says, all of Dilly's chat now hates you and will never watch your show because of combat vet 1776 behavior. I hope you address the treatment of other streamers in your show, but it seems like you send everyone out to attack other streamers. So this is the other disturbing part is that simply based upon some random person going into somebody else's chat, this person and others believe that this is the way that I behave. Uh, but if you've ever seen my show, then you would already know that this is a lie. So what I'm hoping is that Combat Vet 1776, if you're a real person and you're not some type of Chinese information operation designed to destroy my show or get people to hate me, that you are listening and that you understand that I would never ask you to do that. And I don't want you to do that. But I tend to think that this is exactly what I just stated, some type of Foreign influence operation that is simply designed to draw negative attention to me and to rile people up and start fights online. I don't get into fights online. I'm not interested. We have a singular job to do here, and that's saving America. Uh, so all of the personalities, the egos, the minutiae that goes along with that. I want nothing to do with it, and uh, I do appreciate the person who sent me this email. I cut your name out so that it wouldn't be obvious who you are because you didn't ask to be identified, uh, so hopefully people are watching this and they understand that this isn't me. All right. And next here in Florida, we have a major win for law and order. I'm sure everyone watching is well aware of George Soros's tactic of funding the campaigns of state's attorneys and uh, attorney generals, even county attorneys, prosecutors, DAs all over the country. By doing so, he's been able to put these radical leftists into positions of power so that they can make the decision unilaterally not to charge criminals, to institute bail reform, uh, and to essentially propagate lawlessness in whatever area it is that they happen to be practicing. Well, one such instance was taking place down here in Florida, and Ron DeSantis held a briefing this morning with several members of law enforcement to address it openly and to let the people of Florida know that he was not going to be having it. Now, the lawlessness that's been documented throughout the United States in the last couple of years has been on a lot of people's minds, front and center. If you're unable to keep your family safe or you're unable to guarantee that law enforcement is going to uphold their oath to keep you and the community safe, well, then what are you supposed to do? Well, I guess Ron DeSantis asked around to make sure that none of this was happening down here. And apparently they determined that it definitely was. And that was right here in the 13th Judicial Circuit in Hillsborough County. And the information he got back said that law enforcement and the people of Hillsborough County had been frustrated that criminals were being let go and very serious crimes were not being prosecuted. During the press conference, DeSantis said, we've seen across this country over the last few years individual prosecutors taking it upon themselves to determine which laws they like and will enforce and which laws they don't like and won't enforce. The results of this are seen clearly in Los Angeles and San Francisco, and they are catastrophic. You can go into a store in San Francisco and steal a certain amount of merchandise, and by definition, you would not be prosecuted. He continued on saying those who say this represents social justice— Look at San Francisco. They had to recall this prosecutor who was funded by people like George Soros saying he's not going to prosecute. They did the recall election and he was recalled even in a very liberal jurisdiction. But the places that voted to keep him were the affluent communities who are not bearing the brunt of the policies. The places that voted to recall him are the working class communities because they bear the burden of ignorance and refusal to enforce the law. And this is very true. In the areas where crimes most often are committed, it's going to be the inner city. It's going to be the the blue collar areas where you don't have the ability to have a fence around your house like Nancy Pelosi or a wall like Joe Biden. And quite often, these people have uh, armed guards that they hire themselves. Well, this particular state's attorney, Warren, back in January of 2021, started out by signing a letter saying that he was not going to enforce a prohibition on any sex change operations for minors. Obviously, that's a very radical position. And continuing on, DeSantis said that this Warren said it doesn't matter what the legislature does in the state of Florida. He's going to exercise a veto over that. He's also instituted policies of presumptive non-enforcement that is consistent with the role of a prosecutor. As a prosecutor, you are meant to uphold the law. You are not meant to interpret the law and decide arbitrarily what laws you're going to enforce and which laws you're not going to enforce. Justice is meant to be blind. That's the only way that it works. We have law, we get order. The laws are followed, and if they're not followed, if they're broken, well, then you pay the price for doing so. You're not allowed to exercise 100% discretion when it comes to the will of the people. Yes, when it comes to individual cases, the prosecutors can execute a certain amount of discretion, but when they are just saying, carte blanche, I'm not going to enforce this law or that law because I don't believe that the legislature did the right thing when they passed it, well, that's when it becomes a major problem, and that's when you get a situation like what we saw in L.A. and in San Francisco. de Boudin has been recalled. It looks like Gascon in L.A. is going to be recalled as well. I'm very, very happy that Governor DeSantis took this action. And I hope that more governors all across the country take the lead and decide to do the same thing, because the people of America deserve far better than they're getting. And George Soros should not be the one deciding what laws in America are going to be upheld. All right, next to Colorado. If you were able to watch the interview that I did with Tina Peters yesterday, then you heard her mention that she had filed a temporary restraining order. Stopping the audit in its tracks, halting it because it was not being done properly. The recount procedures that the Secretary of State and Dominion were telling the participants of the audit were totally normal really did not make any sense. So Tina Peters and others filed this lawsuit and the recount in El Paso County and all over the state is now halted. Now, it doesn't mean that it's over and done with. It's just not proceeding at the moment. Now, why was the audit not proceeding in a normal and organized fashion? Well, if you'll remember, we were told by Dominion and the Secretary of State that the 60% error rate that we were seeing among the ballots that were being tested was totally normal. Well, how do we know that that is not Probably the case. Well, uh, if you think about the amount of work that went into it and the amount of work that was estimated would be necessary to complete the audit in a timely fashion, you can just take a look at the number of employees Dominion and the Secretary of State in Colorado, Jenna Griswold, the lapdog of George Soros, said would be necessary to get it done. They claim that the audit in El Paso County would only require one staffer for four hours and just four judges total. ...to oversee all of those ballots coming through. That would account for a total of eight hours. However, the results they got were wildly different. Remember, Peter told us that they had to run each one of these decks with a 60% error rate through the machines a total of seven times. And that took far more than four hours and one day... It required two full days, and it should have probably had a lot more employees if they were expecting to get it done that quickly. They had to do this adjudication on 2,266 ballots, a total of seven times. That's just in El Paso County. So if they were expecting this 60% error rate to be a normal example of what's happening when you count these ballots, Why wouldn't they have estimated that you needed far more employees there? Well, either the Secretary of State and Dominion didn't want this audit to be completed, or they were not expecting these Dominion machines to get a 60% error rate. And remember, from Peter Lupia and David Winnie's account, the Dominion employees that were running these ballot checks were absolutely flummoxed. They did not expect to see the 60% error rate. I really do believe that this was a bit of CYA, cover your ass, after the fact, and Dominion and the Secretary of State wanted to pretend that this is the results that they were hoping to get. But I think it's quite clear that that's not what was happening, and all of this is going to be decided in court. So as for now... The audit is halted in its tracks, but I expect that we will be getting some more information coming out of Colorado very soon, because as soon as a judge hears and sees this this evidence and this information, I don't think it's going to make sense to them either. Now, is it possible that the judge is going to be bought and paid for by Dominion Voting Systems because it's in Colorado? Absolutely, it is a possibility. But as I stated in the last story, justice is supposed to be blind, so... We have to hope for the best in this instance, and I'm certain that Tina and her team have excellent lawyers that are working on this. Now, remember, there is this little snippet from Colorado Law that says in accordance with this section, if there are no discrepancies in the test under Rule 10.12, the recount must be conducted in the same manner as the ballots were counted in the election, except as outlined in this rule. It was not done in the same way that it was counted in the election because this is the same deck that they tested before the actual election a couple of months ago. Continuing on, if there are unresolvable discrepancies, this is an unresolvable discrepancy in the test, the recount must be conducted as a hand recount under rule 10.13.5. And that is exactly what the candidates in Colorado are asking for. There really is no other logical way to proceed than for the judge to rule that yes, in fact, This has to be a hand recount, and that, my friends, is going to change the game entirely. All right, next, and on to Arizona. I was hoping to be able to have a conversation with Carrie Lake earlier this afternoon, but unfortunately, until everything is resolved there, I don't think that I'm going to be able to get her on the show. So keep her and her campaign in your thoughts and prayers and the people of Arizona. The election disaster that took place on Tuesday in Penal County, Arizona, is squarely on the shoulder of the elections director. Now, they ran out of ballots. They simply did not have enough paper ballots to allow for every citizen in Penal County to vote. That is a major problem. What they essentially did was take away that right to vote from the people who showed up in person on Election Day to cast their ballot for their preferred candidate. And we know who likes to show up on Election Day. Generally speaking, it's Republicans. And more than likely, they were supporters of Carrie Lake. Now, the county recorder is going to be stepping in to fill this role until they can actually get an official person in that role. But Carrie Lake tweeted out earlier announcing the fact that uh, this individual, David Frisk, had announced his resignation. She said, "'Penal County Update. The Elections Director has officially resigned. She has two questions. If your right to vote was literally taken away, is this person's resignation enough to remedy that?' How much bigger would our win be if these people were allowed to vote? And that is an excellent question, especially considering that slim margin that the people in Maricopa County and the deep state actors such as Katie Hobbs are trying to use to push Kerry Lake out of that spot as the winner. Now, I've said this a number of times recently. Kerry Lake is certainly the winner in Arizona. She stepped forward on election night to claim that victory, and I think that's going to serve her well in the minds of the voters of Arizona. But what happened in Penal County absolutely was criminal. Personally, I don't think that this will be enough to remedy the situation for those people. The right to vote is a sacrosanct right And something that we hold dear in America. And by taking it away, it's one of the largest threats to our republic that I can possibly imagine. And our right to vote has been under threat for some time, not just in the 2022 midterm, but certainly back in 2020 as well. So there was this shortage of ballots which disenfranchised voters. They were literally turned away from the polls. Penal County has made a statement about it, and it appears that they're actually shifting a little bit of the blame from their elections officials over to none other than Katie Hobbs. Katie Hobbs, of course, who was running on the Democrat ticket for governor against Kerry Lake. So this is what they had to say. In light of recent issues with Penal County's primary elections, the county can announce changes in the leadership of the Elections Department. David Frisk is no longer in the position of Elections Director and is no longer employed by Penal County. As a result of discussions with the Board of Supervisors and county leadership and to restore confidence for voters in the November election— November election, that does nothing for the people who wanted to vote in the primary— county recorder Virginia Ross has resigned from her elected office and has been appointed elections director effective immediately. Now, of course, they claim that Ross is highly experienced and a highly respected professional, and they go through a list of her accomplishments and her previous appointments and positions— They say that despite rumors to the contrary, Ross did not oversee the Elections Department for this primary election in her role as county recorder. What she was in charge of was the penal county elections in her first term from 2014 and 2016. But with the growth of penal county, and as a result, an increase in recorder responsibilities, the Elections Director, David Frisk, who just lost his job, was brought in to oversee the Elections Department from 2017 on. And since that time, the Elections Department has reported to county management, which is overseen by the Board of Supervisors. Now, since it was overseen by the Board of Supervisors, you can imagine they're probably pretty embarrassed, and I'm sure they're getting a fair amount of heat from the residents of Penal County. They stated, as a board, we are deeply embarrassed and frustrated by the mistakes that have been made ...in this primary election, and as such, we are taking immediate steps to ensure the November election runs smoothly, as elections in Penal County have historically done prior to this primary. And again, just because they ran smoothly before, just because they are planning to run them smoothly in November, that does not negate the disenfranchisement that voters experienced this week in Penal County, Arizona... They say they hope to restore trust with penal county voters, and I can assure the community that there is no better leader to take control of our elections department than the aforementioned Virginia Ross. Now, for Ross's part, she stated, having been the recorder of penal county since 2013, this primary election has been a stinging experience for us all. I look forward to involving all stakeholders in Penal County as we work together to finish this primary election before immediately turning our attention to the November election. Now, officials there in penal County are recently deciding that it's actually Katie Hobbs who gets the blame for the fact that there was not enough ballots there. Hobbs, uh, for her part, was at her election watch party rather than doing her job as Secretary of State to fix the issues. So it does seem that there is some blame that can be put on Katie Hobbs' shoulders, because if she had been doing her job as the Secretary of State, then perhaps it could have been remedied very quickly. They could have called the Secretary of State's office, they could have gotten some more ballots brought in, and the people who had their vote robbed from them wouldn't be in this position right now. Of course, Carrie Lake is drawing incredible attention to this. Right here is Katie Hobbs at her election party being asked a question, about why Penal County didn't have enough ballots to support the number of people who wanted to cast them. Absolutely incredible. Normally, there are far too many ballots. The only problem is that they make way too many mail-in and absentee ballots because those are the easiest to use to cheat. It's a lot harder to fake a real live body coming into the precinct and casting their ballot if they don't exist. Let's go ahead and take a look. Obviously, you know, given your position as Secretary of State, I know you've been keeping an eye on the polls. I want to ask you about Pinal County, the issues that they've been having out there. Um, talk with me about that. I know the RNC has called for the elections director out there to resign. Well, um, we have been in contact with Pinal County throughout the day um, and helping them troubleshoot some of these issues um, and and making sure that voters have the information they needed. And and we also made sure that. Um, that they got the paper they needed and that every voter who is eligible to cast a ballot who is in line by 7 o'clock gets to vote. Secretary of State Kitty Hobbs, thank you for your time. Well, Katie Hobbs squirming just a little bit there. Sounds to me like she had some pre-approved talking points. And no matter what she says, uh, making sure that people got the paper they needed and were able to cast a ballot, everything I'm hearing says that voters in Penal County or Pinal County were unable to do so. So. Katie Hobbs really is to blame at the end of the day, because as the Secretary of State, she is the top of that governmental pyramid. And if it wasn't for the fact that she was partying at her election party rather than overseeing the election as she should, maybe this wouldn't have happened. Now, of course, Katie Hobbs is hoping to become governor in November, so I think she's really not caring as much about her duties as Secretary of State, Uh, hopefully This is not something we're going to see duplicated come November, and I would also hope that Katie Hobbs would recuse herself from certain duties as Secretary of State, considering the fact that she is in a very important and hotly contested race for governor of Arizona. All right, and finally... Today, Christopher Ray was testifying before Congress and he was asked about some very important issues such as the Hunter Biden laptop. Now, Ray claims that the FBI will indicating future tense, will aggressively pursue a Hunter Biden laptop investigation. Uh, no mention of the fact that the FBI has had Hunter Biden's laptop for going on several years now, at least two years since it broke in the public square. But Christopher Ray believes that the FBI plans to aggressively pursue an investigation into Hunter Biden's laptop from hell. My question, Christopher Ray, is where have you been this entire time? Why have we not heard of or seen an investigation up until this point? What about the FBI whistleblowers who came forward to state that the laptop investigation itself was stalled and uh, halted by people high up within the FBI? This investigation is something that should have taken place a couple of years ago. Hunter Biden should have already been thoroughly investigated. He should have been indicted. And Joe Biden never should have been allowed to take the office of the president. Now, the idea that Joe Biden becoming president has awakened a vast number of American citizens notwithstanding, I think that if we lived in a perfect world, then everything that I've just requested would have already taken place. So now for three years, the FBI and the Justice Department have not only had a copy of the laptop itself, but they've been made fully aware of the pay-to-play, of the illegal business dealings between Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, and all of their criminal actors— All of the special deals given to foreign nationals and people in China positions of power in the Chinese intelligence apparatus, they have certainly seen the drug use, the gun handling, the pornographic material, the potentially child pornographic material. This is the best example of a two-tier justice system that I can possibly imagine, because Christopher Ray also made mention of the January 6th investigation and the fact that they are still also aggressively pursuing individuals for that stuff, even though they were waved inside by the police, despite the fact that people inside the Capitol building must have opened the doors, the magnetically sealed doors, to allow the people in Washington, D.C. that day to come on in. Now, Senator Marsha Blackburn was one of those people that were questioning Christopher Wray on the two-tier justice system and on Hunter Biden's laptop. She said, one for people that are favored and one for ordinary Americans. Marsha Blackburn is not wrong. That's exactly what we have here. She asked whether Christopher Ray thought that Hunter Biden's laptop was part of a Russian disinformation campaign because that's what the 17 intelligence agencies here in America and all of those former intelligence officials that wrote that letter and published it. I think it was the New York Times. They said that it was a Russian disinformation campaign when at the exact same time the FBI and Justice Department Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, and many other people in Washington, D.C. were well aware of the provenance of that laptop, of the legitimacy of that laptop. In response, Christopher Ray says, you're asking about an ongoing investigation that I expect our folks to pursue aggressively, and I just can't comment on it. Of course, he can't comment on an ongoing investigation that never has an end date and will never actually be pursued. As long as this so-called investigation into Hunter Biden. Biden's laptop exists in an open form. No one will ever comment on it. No charges will ever come. Hunter Biden may get a plea deal and plead down to some lesser charges that tends to happen quite often when people have some type of curried favor with the people in power. But he said, I just can't discuss an ongoing investigation. Let's go ahead and take a look at the exchange
1: they're trying to do, Americans uh, looked at what they perceived to be, and I think rightly so, a ton of money that was wasted on the Russia collusion investigation. So do you agree that the allegation of secret collusion between President Trump and Russia was a hoax? Yes or no? No. I, I don't think that's the terminology I would use, but uh, I think there's been a lot written on this subject, and uh, both in the special counsel's report, the inspector general's Just report, no, it's fine. But, so that's not a term I would use. Okay. Uh, do you agree that the Hunter Biden laptop was not Russia disinformation? Uh, now you're asking about an ongoing investigation uh, that I expect our folks to pursue okay. aggressively, and I just I can't comment on okay. that. Okay, and you possess the laptop, right? Uh,
0: again, I can't discuss that yeah. ongoing okay. investigation. Cool. Well, Christopher Ray wouldn't call the Russia collusion scam a hoax, but really, honestly, I don't know what you'd call it. Uh, this was a made up story uh, that was bought and paid for by Hillary Clinton in her campaign that the DNC had a hand in creating that was delivered to the American people through the coordination of the mainstream media and many people in power in Washington, D.C. This was an absolutely fake news story fever dream, and they made America believe, a significant portion of America believe for many years, that this was real. They wasted millions and millions of dollars on it, and then at the end of the day, there was absolutely nothing there, just like every other investigation into Donald Trump. Now, you may not call it a hoax. Maybe you call it a ruse. Maybe you'd call it a fiction. Maybe you would call it a story But at the end of the day, they all mean the exact same thing. The difference with Hunter Biden is that this one is real. All right, my friends, that's all I've got for you today. I want to thank everyone for joining me. You know, as we read through these stories, as we look at what's happening here in America, I think it's pretty easy to get angry. It's easy to get upset. But as I always say, I hope that you can take that energy, that emotion, and you can turn it into a drive to affect positive change in your own life and in your community. The only way we're going to fix this is if enough people get pissed off that they decide they've sat around too long and they need to be part of the solution and stop being part of the problem. Now, I am eternally optimistic about the American people and about the future of our nation. I'm hoping that all of these things that we've witnessed happening over the last several years can be rectified. I hope that we truly can get justice. And I know that the only way it's going to happen is if we do our best to ensure that it does. Otherwise, you might as well give up. All right, thanks for being here. As always, this has been Red Pill 78. My name is Zach Payne, the corruption detector, and this was another edition of Red Pill News. Good luck, everyone, and God bless.